This is the Faraway Farm Boy podcast, episode number 26. My guest today is a sales manager at a dairy supply company called Chinook Dairy Service. They are mostly known for selling bomatic milking equipment and servicing farms across BC, Alberta, and Saskatchewan. Please welcome a hardworking friend of mine, Carnay Vanderhaar. Carnay, welcome to the podcast. How's it going? Yeah, thanks uh, for having me. Thanks, Dustin. Yeah, no problem. Uh, how did you get into the dairy sales business? Oh, the sales business. Um, it's my wife's fault that I got into the dairy industry, actually. I had really not much with the dairy industry. My wife uh, milked cows for many years by fundamentals on the dairy. Okay. And then I uh, helped her out a bit when we were dating here and there. And then when we got married, she was still working there full time. So we would, yeah, we would actually, yeah, she would milk every other weekend. And then it would just be her and me. She would, I would milk some cows, she'd milk some cows, do some stuff in the back. And then that was a bombastic parlor, of course. So then uh, what was I doing? I was going to school for electrician. And then after I got my journeyman ticket, I think I got a phone call from Hendrik or somebody from Chinook. I think it was Hancock said, hey, would you mind work for Chinook? So, well, oh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> what do you guys do? Well, you know, we maintain milking equipment and we're getting into robots. That's kind of how that started. And we're looking for kind of like an electrician to service the robots and partners. How long ago was this? Uh, I've been with Chinook for, I think it's nine years in March. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So even then they were getting into robots already. Yeah. I guess, Those yeah, it makes first sense. first ones, yeah. Yeah, so, and then I did that for, well, at least the first six, six years, pretty much full-time service work. Oh, yeah, that's how you start. Yeah. There, basically. Pretty right? much, yeah. First spraying out chemical barrels, right? Yeah, <laughs> cleaning <laughs> chemical barrels. Yeah, sweep the shop, you know, right, some yeah. of that. And then, uh, yeah, together with Lane, kind of carried into the sales, uh, you know, over a period of a couple of years, and that's pretty much all I do now. Oh, yeah, you don't do any service? Or no, I mean, I help out over the phone here and there, but right. I, I don't have a toolbox in my truck or anything, no. Yeah, right. But if you need your milk pump fixed, though, I could probably figure that out. Or you have the know-how. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you it have helps. your uh, electrician ticket then? Yeah. Okay. Huh. So you guys are doing a lot of stuff in Saskatchewan now, right? Yeah, right now Saskatchewan is definitely booming. Uh, the guys just finished a 50-star rotary Probably two months ago. Is that the Diamond? Yeah, uh, Diamond Holsteins. Yeah. Okay, who's that? Phil, Phil Housing hmm. is the name, yeah. It's got Where's a, that at? It's, uh, yeah, 20 minutes north of Saskatoon. That's where the big dairy hub is. Yeah, okay. When you're driving there, it's like you're driving through Picture Butte Dairy Area. It's dairy oh, after dairy, yeah. Huh. Some big ones too, so. Yeah, they finished that one off. They started on a 60-stall rotary two weeks ago. Huh. And a 40 stall, both at the same time. They're setting up decks and just giving her. Are they uh, all external, all these ones? All of them, yeah. And okay. then after they've done those two, they got a, another 50 stall rotary to do. So Wow. It's a rotary year for us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what about the robot side of things? Yeah, we're still doing some. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, we don't have the name like some of the other bigger robot brands do. So. Right. Uh, but we do have some, we got four new robots that we're putting in. Um, Hopefully starting them up in the next few weeks. Yeah. Huh. So. Interesting. Um, and so you guys, when did you guys start in Chilliwack? Because you guys have three, or you have more than three locations, but you're in three provinces, right? Three provinces, yeah. yeah. Chilliwack started, I was here, so I would say probably six years ago, maybe seven years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
and then you you operate out of uh all four of those locations right like that's you what I have Lethbridge you, and yeah. then Panoka, right? Or is it Panoka? Or? Yeah, Lethbridge, Panoka, and then one in Hague, which is like 20 minutes north of Saskatoon. Oh, okay. I didn't know where that was. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then the one in Chilliwack there, yeah. 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 So lots of rotaries in Saskatchewan. Where do you guys sell the most robots? It, it's also hit and miss per province, really. A little bit here, a little bit there. Yeah. Pretty spread out because now we've got some robots going into Saskatchewan as well which will be the first ones for us. Huh. Yeah. And then you get you guys have service guys in Hague too? or Yeah, yeah, or we got a shop. Okay. Yeah, well, so there's not... like, we got 10 guys there full time. Yeah, it's crazy how much you guys have grown in the past, like, well, especially this last year probably, right, or not? Um, It's all over the last, I think Chinook has always grown, really. Pete started with uh, 37 years ago with a, a pickup truck and a couple of chemical barrels in the back. Right. In Lethbridge, he that, started. He's the sole owner, right? Yeah. Uh, Pete Melders? You bet, yeah. Yeah. No, it keeps us, uh, keeps us busy anyways the last, yeah. last few years. We've been really busy. Yeah, same to a few guys. Your service is definitely good. Like, there's no problem there. Yeah, that's been... And the Pete's, parlors are Pete's, good. I just focused. The, <laughs> the, the parlors are good, but... <laughs> but, no, just the robots. I'm like... I, yeah. Well, and then I seen a, um, a mono box the other day. Yeah has the the in the in cup uh washing stimulating and and milking obviously yeah and then post dip is in there as well and post dip too so yeah. like why can't all all the robots have that well i guess there's patents on whatever all these things but like, well yeah there's patents on it but they're the they were kind of i mean that robot's only been around for a few years so it definitely wouldn't have been a patent issue because if they did patent it then Oh, they wouldn't have it, obviously. They wouldn't have had that patent 20 years ago when other brands were making robots. Huh. It's definitely a different concept. It's a new idea. Because even for the Lely, I wish that they'd get rid of those brushes. I I should say that I've, I haven't spent too much time around mm -hmm. robots. You know, it's probably a non-issue, right? But... I mean, they... As, a lot far, of as far as cow there. throughput and stuff like that, I'm sure it doesn't matter. But it you just know, seems like the, yeah. the monobox i just seen the other day. It's like... Yeah. You know, all in one, and machine stays on there. I think, right? Is that yeah, how it works? The, yeah, the whole cluster stays on the cow. It's yeah. I mean, I'm a little biased, of course, when yeah, you're asking sure, me yeah. these questions. But uh, <laughs> it, what they're using for stimulation is stimmy pulse, which is okay. your pulsator just beating probably 100 beats a minute or so. Okay. As, well, how as, often does it, or how much does it usually go? Out? Normally, anywhere between 60 to upwards of 65. Okay. Depending on what kind of line you're you're using, but uh, so what stimmy like, well, I bet you fifteen years ago, stimmy pulse was a thing even in parlors. What it would do yeah, is you would attach that. the cluster and the pulsator would go tuk, 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 right. Yeah. And then after sixty seconds or so, the pulsator would go back to normal, and they consider huh. that sort of stimulation. But okay. you're still putting vacuum on those teats as you're doing that. Okay. So we often argue that that's not the best way to stimulate a cow. Pre-stripping, you'd say, is the best, or what would you... Pre-stripping is good, yeah, absolutely, like, either contact, but... Right. Yeah, I'm not sure, I haven't seen their numbers on flow rates or how well sure, that's yeah. actually stimulating, but... Yeah. Yeah, that plus, obviously, you run into some, you could potentially run into some risks of uh, contaminating your milk if something fails, so they must have fail-safe things for that, but... Like, yeah, just those little valves, or yeah. whatever, that puts that milk somewhere else. Yeah, it must, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, it's it's nowadays, I mean, there's now four robot brands on the market. I think worldwide there's 
six, maybe even seven. There's there's a few different brands out there that nobody offers in, in right. Canada, I think. In Centec and... Yeah, and Centec is sold under a few different brand names. SAC, I believe it's sold oh. under. And then you have the... Fullwood has a robot. Who? Fullwood. It's a company out of England that does milking equipment. Oh, okay. I Isn't believe that like Forster Technic have one or something, or is that in Centec? No, Forster Tech is a catheter brand. I'm not. I'm not aware they oh. have a robot. Oh, maybe it was a full one or full wood. Full wood, yeah. Yeah, it's the same. It looks a little bit like a Lely, the full wood. Okay. I, but I've never seen them work in real. Actually, there's as far as I know, there's none of them around here. Yeah. Well, so it's just the service, right? Like guys kind of get them depending on the service, or yeah, you know. Now you put even let's like, say the four brands that we have available here. If you put them all beside each other. Um, They've all gotten to a point where they can attach a cow very well. Yeah, and, right. And that used to always that that used to be the main thing people looked at. Yeah. They were like, "How good is it to attach a cow? And how fast does it attach a cow? Yeah. And how accurate is it? Things like that." So now the Vomatic robot and the new VMS and the GI robot all use the same camera. Hmm. It, it's a identical camera. Lely is the only one that still uses a uh, a laser, but they they do it and it works for them. But did they use a camera before? Or the new thing is a camera, right? The new thing is that in-flight 3D camera, yeah. Right. That's what now... Because it does, like, your iPhone, it recognizes your face or recognizes a teat, right? Yeah, it, it actually recognizes all four teats as, it, as it's scanning underneath that cow and as it's coming up. Right. And it's, it's a live feedback. So it's so all robots, like, where I was going with that, is a, that's not really something people look at anymore. You know, the robots attach cows, and if cows have a real bad udder, then they probably won't. Right. You always have that a little bit, you know, oh, big yeah. angle teats, things like that. Yeah, no matter what robot you No matter what robot, yeah. right? So they've all come a long ways when it comes to that. So now people are a little looking at, okay, what, what's this machine going to cost me over a period of, say, 10 years, 15 right. years? Like what? And the, those are the questions you get all the time. What's the robot going to cost me? They so know the upfront cost. Like 15 grand a year, right? Well, obviously you got to pay for the robot too, but like as far as maintenance and and feeding that thing with chemical and whatever else is... Yeah, so those are the numbers we can give, and that's also per farm different. Sure. So yeah. those are called preventative maintenance costs. Right. Those are pretty set in stone. If you right. do your service package every... Across all robots, or what do you mean? No, like, like say for, for us, but any yeah. brand, like if you were to ask Lely or Gio, was it, what's this robot going to cost me for preventative maintenance a year? They'll be able to give you a number. Right. But yeah. the number they won't be able to give you is... What's it going to cost me to keep it running for, say, 10 years? And then I'm talking like service cost breakdowns. Yeah, because if you got to do a compressor or whatever, then it's... Yeah, and, and some people go 10 years with a compressor, and some people put a, a new compressor in every three years. Is that still the main thing, or is like their no, motherboard the, that... <laughs> yeah, no, compressors, I'm saying that because you're bringing that up. Yeah. Lately, uses a lot of air. Yeah. Used to use a lot of air. I'm not sure how their new robots are, so compressors were oh, yeah. a conversation piece. But no... Now you're seeing just, and, and what I was going with that is that it's hard to say what that robot's actually going to cost you over 10 years. Yeah. Short right. of pulling farmer's files out of the filing cabinet and saying, okay, this is what you've spent on keeping it going. And even then from yeah. farm to farm, it is so different. Sure. Because yeah. the one farmer fixes everything himself. Yeah. And the next one farmer calls for everything. And that's the same with a parlor. What's a parlor? Yeah. But anyway, so yeah. there's people are look, looking at those operation costs more and more. Yeah. Uh, and of course, they're looking at the service, the equip, equipment supplier that sells the equipment to them. How well can they service their equipment? Can they be here when it breaks down? Do they have enough inventory in stock to keep me going when it breaks down? Right. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
do you find more and more people are looking at the numbers, these types of things? Well, I guess you've been it for 10 years, but compared mm-hmm. to 10 years ago, like, were people just buying them based on other things or? Just robots specifically? Or just making investments on the farm without th- giving it too much thought, I guess, as far as the numbers. You know, there, there's some farmers that want to know all those numbers and yeah. some farmers don't even bring it up. It's, it's honestly, <laughs> those are the ones you like, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is so different from from operation to operation, and yeah. Huh. So with that camera on the on the Blumatic robot, so if I have um, like a straw pack and I put a robot in, like I don't want to shave my udders all the time. Is that camera gonna make it so I don't have? Because you know what mm-hmm. happens: the straw hangs off the udder, and then yeah. that robot sits there dinking around for 20 minutes trying to find a teat, right? Attaching to pieces of straw hanging off the udder. Yeah, that is, is that much less with this camera. Right. With Definitely. the new camera? Yeah, with the new cameras, it is much better that it recognizes that it's straw and it's not a teat. Right. Um, but it is still important to shave or udder, like burn any? your udder. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Huh. So, and it is easy to do. There's, the way I see most guys do it, they lock the cows up in head lockers and they just right. walk behind them with that Utter singer, like what? What? What's utter singer? Is that like a tiger torch or is that sort of but flame? It, yeah, different flame, but oh. no, it's a decent flame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just go under for just a couple seconds. Cows don't even notice it. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, yeah. huh? Yeah, yeah. Just like yeah, we've been thinking about robots for years, mm-hmm. but just the initial investment and ah. Uh, just like yeah, <laughs> you have a cold barn too, right? Yeah, so yeah. we'd have to build some sort of room and yeah, and uh, well, like even when it was minus thirty a couple of weeks ago, it was only minus twelve in there. So like, if we keep the doors closed and and if we yeah. add a few more cows in there, type of thing, we could yeah get away with less issues for those couple of weeks a year. But yeah, it that would definitely be part of the challenge too. Yeah, yeah, the cold barn, and that like you're obviously getting away with not you probably don't need barn scrapers now. Scrape it out um, with the tractor. Yeah. Your, your scrape alleys, yeah. Yeah, so... With robots, that's... I mean, it can be done, but you do disrupt the cow traffic again when you go into the tractor a couple times a day. Yeah, so what does that mean? You just need extra... Like, you can only have 40 cows instead of 60 cows on that robot? Like, you have to have that time because they're all getting up and going to the robot when you go and scrape? Or, like, what does that mean? Well, what... So, in, in a robot situation, anytime you, you mess with the cow's routine... Yeah you are hindering them to go to the robot for their visit. Cows is a routine animal. So if you're looking at, if you were to go to a robot and you look at a specific cow and you check and see the times that she visits the robot, yeah. some cows are just about on the minute. Yeah, that's that, crazy. that they come to the robot at the same time during the day. So now if just at that time, that is normally her routine to go get milked. Yeah. All of a sudden now you rip through there with the tractor and you're chasing your cows up to clean stalls or putting <laughs> sawdust in or whatever you're doing, right. you're disrupting with that routine from that cow. Yeah. All right, so come back to the robot later, no big deal. But if you really want to push your cow numbers on your robot, that's when those kinds of things really start affecting cow flow. Right. But like you said, if you're only milking 40, 45, 50 cows on a robot, yeah. I'm sure you can get away with just scraping your alley with a tractor. But yeah, I, but yeah, you're right. That's where the efficiency lies is having like, you know, 80 cows on that robot, you know, and no... How would you call it? Downtime or um, free time? Free time, yeah. Yeah, as little free time as possible, and yeah. <laughs> and then you're three days behind when you have to do maintenance, yeah. right? I know it is. A, it's a dangerous fine line to walk if you're uh, really maximizing that. Yeah. What? Um, 
what are guys saying about replacing these after 10 years? Like, have you had guys that bought a new robot? Uh, yeah, you know, f- how long do they last? Hmm. How long do they last? That's it, a million well, dollar depends, question. right? How long does your pickup truck last? <laughs> how, like, uh, you go to this Google's dealership around the corner and you ask them, how long is the truck going to last? And they're going to tell you as long for as, as long as you want it to yeah. last, right? You want it to bring it to a million kilometers? You can. You might have to put a few transmissions in there, but it'll make it. Okay, right? let's go on national <laughs> average ballpark of all robots. How long do they last? Seven years? So if you were to go to your bank, okay, and you said, <laughs> how long do we get to finance it over? I would probably say that you should be able to get between 10 and 15 years out of it. And then you're going to probably get to a point where you say, you know what, I'm, I'm spending too much money on keeping it going, so I want a new one. That's reason number one. Right. Reason number two is... You know, the newer robot is so much better. I Cooler. want the new robot. Yeah, it's like yeah. the new iPhone, right? It's or the new pickup truck. So weird. Same thing, yeah. How we gravitate towards new shiny things. Yeah. Like my old phone just worked just fine, right? Yeah. Well, aside from it being really slow because it was from 10 years ago and it had iOS, the newest iOS, you know, Yeah. that type of thing. I don't know if that plays a part in it, but... No, that's yeah. what you see. I mean, there's... I think there's some... Like, of course, Bomatic hasn't had robots for very long, so... Um, but I know that there's some other brand robots out there that have been running for 20 years. Yeah, the same robot? Yep. Everything replaced on it probably. It's probably like worth maybe, it to... Maybe twice over, <laughs> but it's still milking <laughs> cows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then there's some people that uh, that use a milker with a robot. I've heard guys pulling A4s out, putting A5 in, and some of them guys have been using them for maybe six or seven years, but they want the new robot, so they put the new robot in. Yeah, I hope that's not what I'm gravitating towards, right? The new shiny thing. No. <laughs> <laughs> right? You got to I hope I I'm doing it for the numbers, but... Yeah. yeah, well, who knows? Whatever, maybe you go to the bank and they say, well, if you can get, you lower your service costs mm. and difference, maybe right. it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. I think eventually, yeah, eventually, we, we always say this, we want to put robots in, but... Yeah. Like, for now, our parlor's so cheap, like... I know. Yeah, it has a bunch of things wrong with it. You know, it's slow, mm-hmm. right? And oh. Oh, you have to be there to milk your cow. It's yeah, yeah. these conversations on a weekly basis. <laughs> robots yeah. versus conventional milking systems. And, you know, a, a new conventional milking system can be awesome. I mean, there's guys putting in, um, let's say, double 12 parlors with 120 cows. Yeah. Milking all their cows in an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah. Wow, there's nothing wrong with that either. Because then you know when you walk out of your barn, you're done. Yeah. What are what are those guys saying? They they do it just for that factor? Like when they walk out of their barn, they're done? Or Yeah, so like, often they're real routine-like people. So what they do is they they milk the cows in the morning. Some Actually, in, some people change the milking times up a little bit too. So instead of getting up early in the morning, they just milk their cows at 6.30 and 6.30. Right. Yeah. So they'll get up at 6.30. Grab the cows, put them in the holding area, scrape their stalls, milk the cows. Hour and a hour and a half later, they're done, and they're sorted the cows that need attention. So they breed a couple of cows, mm-hmm. trim a couple of hoofs, put them back in the barn, and at nine thirty, you're back in the house for a cup of coffee and no alerts. You're done, <laughs> for at least with that aspect of right. the farm. Huh. Yeah. So you and people with robots, you often see that they're spending more time in the barn just throughout the whole day, where they get into the barn a little later, much later, sometimes seven, maybe seven thirty grab a few fetch cows, create a few stalls, but then the rest of it starts, right? Breeding, and then you got to maybe... And some of the things that are easy to do in a parlor situation are harder to do with robots, like putting putting sawdust in your free stalls. Oh, yeah. 
There's all those timing. Yeah, things. all those timing things, right? Um, hoof bath is obviously much easier with conventional system than robots. Have you ever put foot baths after your robots? Mm-hmm. Yeah, some guys do that. Yeah. Yeah. With a like, it's it's in concrete, or do you have like a sort gate where you can do three days a week foot bath? Yeah, so the best way to do it, if you want to integrate it with your robot, then you should put a post-selection short gate in. So that, so some people just put them at the exit of the robot. They Great. put them there for, say, say 12, 24 hours, hoping that you know, guaranteed have each cow walk through there twice. Right. But what that means is that some cows have walked through there 15 times. Oh, well, yeah, right. Yeah. And it's often the cows that are not very good on their feet that need that hoof bath that are only going through there twice. Right. And then the other ones that have walked through the 15 times have made that bath so dirty that by the time she comes around the second time, it really doesn't do anything. Right. So you need a, a selection gate yeah. after your robot. So yeah. if that cow went through there. Well, then you just program that you sort every cow twice or three times or many times you want it through the bath. So you set that up, let's say at eight in the morning. Well, by three in the afternoon, um, some cows are coming through for the third time, but then they're not going through the bath anymore. They now get just select it so that they go back in the herd yeah Yeah. so now you know guaranteed that you have all all your cows through there two or three times huh handy but uh you know that's all easy to say in a new build you can set that all up but yeah a lot of guys are putting robots in existing barns yeah and then you do look at all those things but you pick your battle and you say well i guess we could do that but now we don't have room for this so we we can't incorporate a hoof trimming shoot anymore because we need a bunch of gate work in front of the robot for, for the hoof bath. So then they say, well, we'll just leave that out and we'll yeah. do that different. How does that process work? Like if a guy wanted to get robots in his in his barn, like do you guys draw up the barn or do mm-hmm. you guys pay someone to do that type of no, thing? No, we do that ourselves. And so you do the, the design work too, like cow flow and all that stuff? Yeah, so usually we start with measuring up the barn. Yeah. Measure up every post, kind of grab the elevation, scrape rally widths, things like that. Um, yeah, and then it's, uh, usually the first conversation is how many freestalls are you willing to lose? How much money do you have first? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. Do you care? Do you care? Some people add a piece on the barn. Uh, every, it's always different. Yeah. And, and sometimes they fit just perfect. Right. And then other times it, you try to fit them in three different ways. You try them in that corner, you try them over there, try them over there and just go through that process. And right. yeah. What do you guys um, sell for stalls? Like, you guys sell a lot of mattresses, or what are you seeing more of guys putting in, like, deep bedding stalls? or? Well, what's, what's, what we're seeing on a lot of these big dairies that we're doing is sand. Right. A lot of, they're all going to sand, actually. Huh. Even, like, if there's no sand nearby type thing? Mm-hmm. They, just they still do it. Chuck it in. Yeah. We're, some of these projects in Saskatchewan, those guys, there's no good sand close by, but they buy it in. But then they spend the money on a good sand system so that they get to use the sand. Right, so you get like 95% back or something, right? No, I don't know if it's quite, well, I, I don't know if it's quite that much mm. because I know guys do like to add fresh sand every now and then, but if you have a good right. sand lane, you can get a lot of your sand back. Yeah. So, plus you don't, obviously, the sand doesn't end up in your lagoon. Right, yeah, and on your land. Yeah. So they, they would have all insulated sand lanes then, yeah. right? Yeah, it's just in a, it's in an insulated building, heated building. Huh. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, but then there's, uh, I was up, yeah, I was in Pinocchio this week, and the guy built a new sand barn, and they can dig the sand right out of the ground on his own property. Oh, yeah. So he says, I'm not going to bother putting a sand lane in, spend all that money. Oh, yeah? Just, yeah, I just dump it on the <laughs> lagoon, I'll scoop the lagoon out every two years. And put it where? On the, on the land. 
Yeah? But it's all, it's all sand. Yeah, that's fine. No, it's not. Good topsoil. Who knows? <laughs> no, really. No? Well, I mean, it is sand. It's, yeah. I used to work at a farm that um, did silt sand and yeah. didn't have a separator. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, the field closest to the barn was quite heavily silty sand. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess you do end up with that if you end up putting too much sand on <laughs> Yeah. How many um, internal rotaries do you guys sell these days? Or is that still a thing, or...? Um, we do get questions about it, yeah. Yeah. An inside rotary is is a again a different concept of milking, I guess. It's so the the idea is that the cows exit faster, right? Or is that not the main no, idea? No, no. The main selling feature of an inside rotary is that I would say an inside rotary can probably milk the co- most cows per hour if you're focusing on only wanting to milk with one person. Huh. So. An inside oh, rotary. right, because you don't have to run around. You can just go across. Exactly. Because the yeah. milker is inside the... Yeah. So, but if you want a lot of cow throughput, an inside rotary doesn't work anymore either. So an inside rotary really, and that's it by opinion maybe, but an inside rotary works the best when it's small enough that one person can keep up. Huh. Um, so we have some inside rotaries running that are around the 26, 28 stalls, and they're doing close to 150. Some of them are even doing more cows per hour with one person yeah it's pretty good and if you go to a, a parallel parlor for instance you you see a double 10 double 12 doing four turns an hour around that 100 cows right but if you go to a double 20 you're doing maybe 200 cows but now you need two people so yeah, now you're still sure. back to one person yeah. doing 100 cows or per one hour. person on rollerblades <laughs> right <laughs> yeah exactly and the same goes for outside rotaries. Sure, they can do 300 cows per hour, but you need three people around them. So now you're still at 100 cows per hour per person. Right. <laughs> yeah. And if you go bigger outside rotary, you need to park a fourth guy there. Maybe now you're doing 400 cows per hour, but you're still down to 100 cows per hour per person. Yeah. But those people are, you know, usually 20 bucks an hour. Like, do, do people ask about that too? Or... I well, guess do, do when the, you get that bit, when you get that big, where you're looking at those numbers, it's yeah. well. You need you need people. You need people not just to milk cows at that point, right? You need people around the farm for everything else right. as well. Yeah. So yeah. then it'd almost be worth it. Yeah. So you often see the the milking crew. I guess would be, let's say, people that have four guys milking cows on a rotary. Two of them maybe come in as just milkers. Right. And the other two are just full time employees that will feed calves after they're done and then yeah yeah do yeah. this or do that yeah. 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 What else has been going on uh, at Chinook Dairy Service? At Chinook Dairy Service, yeah. <sighs> you guys going to go into Manitoba anytime soon? No, no. <laughs> no, there, there's a big Bomatic dealer there, so... Oh, really? Yeah. Who's who's that? Penner. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I was going to say Penner, but... Because they're the Lely dealer out here, or service people right yeah they're the lady dealer here and they're also the lady dealer in manitoba but oh. they're, orig- they're originally a bomatic dealer and they're still a big bomatic dealer they're working on an 80 stall rotary project right now huh. it'll be the biggest rotary in canada really yeah don't coimans have an 80 stall no they have a 72 oh huh so they would sell bomatic and lady robots yeah oh. not uncommon at all there's a lot of bomatic dealers that sell lady oh yeah, they started with that, well, shit, whenever, 15 years ago, maybe more. Huh. And then Bomada came out with a robot 
10 years ago, but then they were an existing Lely dealer, so why would you bother, right? To, yeah. then, to then bring another robot brand to the market. Right, yeah. Well, um, I appreciate you coming out for the podcast, and uh, how can people get in touch with you if they want to ask you about a robot? Or Oh, <laughs> well, they can call me, or they can come call the office, come see us, okay. we'll have a chat. Sounds good. You bet. Any uh, social media you want to post on here? No, that's okay. That's okay. It's (laughs) too much already. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. No, it's all good. Thanks for having me, Dustin. No worries. Take care. You bet. Thank you for listening to the Faraway Farm Boy podcast, episode number 26, with Kernay van der Haar of Chinook Dairy Service. Join me again next week.